Welcome to the Doc G Show, a radio show cluster. Without further ado, critics have said he has the face for radio and a voice for silent films. Your host, Ben Doc G Gordon. And we are on the air. Welcome. To the Doc G Show. I'm your host, Doc G. With me on the Sunday Fun Day Adventure is the man that has let me stay on his couch during several hurricanes. So true. Jake, Papa J Bones, Parlor. That's right, Ben. You know, anytime you're welcome up in Columbia with me. That's yes. fantastic. You know, I, I need a I need a hurricanecation every now and then. I don't think this one going on right now. Is going to deserve that. Nope. Hasn't really built up the intensity. Doesn't look like it's really going to gonna really affect us up here in the uh, in the the northeast of the state, you know? So I think we're good. Well, I think we're good. But if it's if, good to if know. If it does, I, th- I think you should take a trip anyway. My couch is, uh, you sit up on my couch. It's pretty it's comfy. So true. It's lovely, man. It's, it's, it's fantastic. Yeah. I'm not going to say... I don't know. You haven't got to test out my newest couch. My newest couch is pretty great. Say what? Um, but yours is pretty great, too. Only thing was, Thanks, I got a little chilly on your couch. Word. Even though I was wearing a, a, a sweatshirt, I recall getting a little chilly. That's all. Well, dude, Anyways. I got more... I got more blankets, and I could have turned the air down. I'm, I'll be honest. I'm not a blanket guy anymore. Hmm. I don't know what it is. Blankets, I don't, I don't know. It's weird. I've gone through this thing of, like, blankets make me feel clammy. Word. I don't like, like, I would rather, which is really weird, but you know I'm a weird guy. I would rather have a sweatshirt on than a blanket sleeping. It's, it's odd. Oh, I yeah. don't know what it is. It's. I feel that. Call me strange, but that's just it. But, you know, we're not here to talk blankets. Nope. Uh, Jake, we've already lost half of our listeners. It's fine. So true. Uh, I want to talk about a big change this week, and I think you're aware of this big change. NBA is back. Say what? That's right. I know. It's back, man. We are in August, and basketball is back, which is... It's a weird time for basketball, but it doesn't matter. I'm excited regardless. You know you know who else is excited, Jake? Hmm. Claude. Yes. Yes. I texted him Friday night when there were some games going on, and I was like, I bet you're enjoying this, aren't you? And first off, he gives me some some game instant game analysis. Like everybody in the world is watching that game already. He's like, hey. Don't you think Houston's really letting letting go off the three-point line? This is offensive clinic right now going on. That's a fact. And I was just like, how do, how do you know I'm watching the game? I guess you, you do know. But still, then he was like, I'm in heaven, Ben. And I was like, I know. I know. You are, Claude. Basketball Man. is back. I, mean, two, I miss Claude. So true. Two huge matchups. Thursday night, Clash of L.A., L.A. Lakers, L.A. Clippers, Friday night, Milwaukee, Boston, both of those games down to the wire. It was crazy. Have you watched any of these games, Jake? I watched the the Lakers and the Clippers the mm. other night, and I got to say the, the Lakers actually looked I, – I was expecting them to come out there and be sort of – Rusty? Um, yeah, but yeah. they – dude, Anthony Anthony Davis went off, bro. That, yeah, they yeah. They looked good. 
Yeah, no, I expect the cl- you know, because uh, if if I'm equating uh, Kawhi Leonard to a fairy tale or a book character, he would be the tortoise in the tortoise and the hare. Kawhi's not an instant guy. He's got to warm yeah. up for a little bit. So this coming back, I wasn't really expecting too much out of the Clippers because he's got to get his team worked into a, a finely tuned machine. So it's going to take a little bit for the Clippers to get back. A little bit more interested when we get to the playoffs. Um, now, obviously, I wanted to talk about one thing about this uh, NBA. I didn't want to get down on the analysis part. Nope. I wanted to talk. These games were played on the Disney campus, right? The Disney Sports ESPN Complex campus. They're big, three big right. field houses mainly that they're being played in. And uh, obviously, no fans, right? Because that would defeat the whole idea of having a an NBA bubble. So true. If they were just letting people in all the time, then can't control any of sure. the, the pandemic going on. But they came up with an idea that I didn't know they had been planning. I hadn't been looking out for this. To compensate, Jake, did you see this? They invited virtual fans. Hmm. Yeah, I was uh, watching who was about to play. Uh, man, it was the, I believe it was the Heat. Yeah. Were playing the Nuggets. Yeah. And, uh, that's when I saw, like, there were screens of people. fans just like... Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and you were like, what? Who are all these people on these screens? And it's virtual fans. They have these 17-foot screens going up and down the court with virtual fans. Word. And famous people have already been caught on the virtual fan list. During that LA, uh, LALA game, Chris Bosh was uh, in the virtual fans. Yeah. He was watching. Oh, Chris Bosh, former NBA player. He was there, right? Sweet. Now, I instantly got excited about being a virtual fan, Jake. Yes! So I was like, I got to do some research on how to become a virtual fan. I found out there are two ways you can become a virtual fan, Jake. You can either uh, go through Michelob which Michelob is the official beer of the NBA, and they have reserved seats. In any game, they have these seats to give away. And then along with that, uh, each team has seats to give away their their own. They they can determine how they want to give away their seats for home games. So, since I didn't really have a team, since, you know, I'm not a team guy right now, you know, I don't have a real set team in the NBA, I was like, I'll go through Michelob first. But to to enter the draft to try to get one of these tickets, uh, y- you have to picture yourself with the Michelob red ribbon logo. Blam. And I was like, what? I don't have one of those laying around. Blam. You know, and I didn't know, like, what the stipulate. I didn't want to read a bunch of guidelines. So I was like, screw that. I'm just going to go through the teams, right? So first, I tried going through the teams that I enjoy watching most. L.A. Clippers, sold out. Boston Celtics, nope. Portland Trailblazers, nope. Eventually, I got down to two teams that I actually had a chance of being a virtual fan. Jake, Indiana Pacers and Miami Heat. Yes. Hey. Now, I, I like I like the Heat. Well, yeah. s- well, sadly, Jake, I'm only a backup for the Heat. Oh. So 
if someone doesn't show up for their uh, virtual seat, I can hop in. I can hop oh, in. okay. But, but, you better believe I did get a ticket for the showdown of the century. Indiana Pacers versus the Orlando Magic Tuesday night. Yeah! August Dude, 4th, Dude, you're going to be... Yeah. You're, you're going to be on the, the big screen. That's a fact. That's right. That's right, Jake. Let it oh, wash man. over you like a fragrant soft body soap body wash. Word. Wash over you. The fifth and seventh seeds of the Eastern Conference in a clash of the titans on a random Tuesday night in August. I will be there. Sweet. Virtually. <laughs> Woo. Yes. All, That's all the, actually pretty, pretty cool. All the players you've been thinking of, Jake. I mean, Wes Owundu, hmm. James Ennis III, Vic Law, hmm. just showing out against TJ Leaf, hmm. Elise Johnson, hmm. Edmund Summer. Hmm. Yeah! Now, I know some of you out there may be like, I've never heard of any of those people. Well, guess what, listeners? Neither have I. Nope. I just picked out a couple of them from their roster. Those were the people I decided. I couldn't go with the people you actually know. It wouldn't have been funny if I would have said Aaron Gordon and Victor Oladipo. People would have been like, yeah, yeah. I do know those people. So I had to go with the random I know, people. I, I know a guy who probably does know those names, though. Word. No, Claude. Claude yeah, Lathan. Claude, Claude knows everything about basketball. He will basketball. tell you some stats. He will tell you some stats about Vic Law and Wes Awundu, no doubt. But here's what's going down. Uh, now, I, uh, I got to say, I signed up on the Pacers website. So obviously, that means Tuesday night, I got to bring it for the Pacers, Jake. That's right. I got to... I'm, I'm sorry to Mike Charette, former guest of the Doc G Show and also lifetime Orlando, Orlando Magic fan, That's but I got to bring it for the Pacers. The Pacers gave me an opportunity to fan out. Can't pass it up, Jake. I got to bring it yeah. hard for the Pacers. And... The the and I and 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 for the listeners out there, they're already aware of this, Jake. I don't know if you know this, but I'm a pretty influential fan. Word. As I've mentioned before on this show, I was once fan of the game. Thank you for the Roanoke Dazzle, a former NBA development league team. That's right, fan of the game. Now, obviously, along with being the greatest virtual fan ever known. That's a fact. I'm going to have to be wearing a Doc G shirt while I fan out. So true. I'm going to fan out for the Pacers, but I'm also going to make sure the Doc G logo gets on there. I'm going to be wearing a Doc yep. G shirt, and it's going to be my background. Uh, and if there are any NBA virtual uh, fans listening right now that have tickets for any games coming out, uh, let us know. Message us or email us. We'll send you a Doc G shirt out to you. Obviously, we can't miss the free advertising opportunity of a virtual fan wearing our shirt. Nope. So please let us know. Now, now that we've got through that, Jake, with that being said, are you ready to fire this show up for all the virtual fans of the Doc G Show? Let's do this thing. Five. All three engines up and burning. Two, one. 
Zero and lift off. Woo! Jake, we have got a show lined up today. We've got a we've got a band of heavy rockers here that they have been rocking for a, a solid 15 years. Say what? 15 mm. years. We got Brian Giles of Red Fang. I mean, these dudes love loud guitars and loose morals. Wait, what? I'm just kidding. I don't know if they... Uh, I'd say they probably don't approve of loose morals. But they do like loud guitars. That's a fact, Jake. There you go. Loud guitars are a fact. That's a fact. These guys these guys have rocked out with all the bigs. They've rocked out with Metallica. They've rocked out Ooh. with Slayer. They've, they've done it, mm. man. Red Fang's been around... Before we get to all that, we need to start where we start. Birthday suit. It's that time. Happy birthday, Mr. President. Okay, Jake. Um, pretty, pretty confident on this one. You're gonna have to, you're gonna have to dig back into the memory banks a little bit. But I'm pretty confident. Right. I gave it an 80, okay. 82.4 percent. Here we go. Okay. Uh, born on August 2nd, 1960 in Batesville, Arkansas. His father was a teacher and a coach in Arkansas. Birthday suit wearer grew up watching his father coach and loving football. He ended up going to the University of Central Arkansas playing defensive back. So true. After he graduated in 1983, he immediately went to the University of Florida to be a graduate assistant. He got his first full-time coaching job at Southern Illinois in, in 1986. In 1999, he became the defensive coordinator for the University of South Carolina. Say what? Eventually, he became the head coach at Louisville. Then in 2004... Charlie Strong. Yes! Charlie Strong is correct! Nicely done, Jake. I, didn't didn't even have to get Charlie to the Strong. end, man. Didn't even have to get to the yeah. end. He's a good. Well, he's like, one of my favorites. Yeah, I think he is a good coach. I was really upset that uh, Texas fired him. They didn't give him enough time, yeah. man. They didn't give him enough time. Mm -hmm. Like he was trying to change culture there. He was making a whole new team. That's a fact. Like he he yeah. wanted it his way. He wanted those those players. And like by the end of it, I think some uh, like the people that were still around, they were accepting it. You know, you know. But uh, Charlie got fired at Texas. Then he got fired most recently, just last year at the at South Florida, and uh, yeah. now now he's ended up like many former coaches in uh, Nick Saban's rehabilitation program at Alabama. So oh, I didn't I did not realize that. Yes. Okay. Yes, he's under he's under the title quote unquote analyst, just like Lane Kiffin mm. has been, just like Hugh Freeze was, just like Steve Sarkeesian was unlike all those guys he didn't actually do anything illegal or wrong he just got fired so you know but that's what happens yeah. apparently when you need a boost in your coaching career you go to alabama and uh you know this is what i think with that i think nick saban just steals all the good things from those coaches that's a fact like Whatever those like, because it's like it's like a symbiotic relationship. Nick Saban rehabilitates your coaching career, and then he finds out what you did well. Like no doubt, he probably got some Charlie Strong advice 
on defensive backs and on defensive strategy. And like Lane Kiffin, he was like, hey, give me all your good crazy plays that you have. That's a fact. You know? Like, I think that's what Nick Saban does. It's just my idea, you know? That Nick yeah. Saban, he's a crafty yeah. fella. He's a crafty fella. Yes! Man, Charlie turning 60. 60 for Charlie 60. Strong. Yeah, 60. Yeah. Crazy. I, I wonder if he still, you know, when he was uh, at Louisville, they were talking about how he benches like 400-something pounds. That's right. No, he I mean, works out with his players and stuff. Yeah. He still looks pretty jacked. And I used to, oh, I yeah. used to hear, too, at Louisville, like he got up at some kind of crazy hour to run before practice. Like he ran at like 4.30 in the morning or some crazy crap like that. Oof. Charlie Strong, I wouldn't I wouldn't want to pick a fight with him, that's for sure. Even though he's 60, he would beat the living crap out of me, that's for sure. So true. That's for sure. But then again, that's uh, like 95% of the population would. So, you know. Yes! I mean, it's not saying too much for me, and it's not saying too much for him. But regardless, 60. 60, Jake. Happy birthday, Charlie. Okay, Jake. Are you ready? We're going to rip some headlines. Oh, yeah. The ripping and the tearing. That's right. It's now time for Rip from the Headlines. Ripping and the tearing. So, uh, Jake, uh, we got to start off Rip from the Headlines with a follow-up from last week's Rip from the Headlines. Word. I've got news on Word. Mara's bear. Oh, yeah, that's right. Okay, what's, what's going on? It was found. They found the bear. They found the bear. And actually, they found it right before we did the show. Uh, we didn't know. They actually got Dang the it. bear that morning. So we were actually giving old news last show. But they found it Wednesday morning. Uh, so apparently, Mara got... Let me give you the deets, Jake. Uh, Mara got an email around 9.30 p.m. Tuesday night from a random email that said they had the bear and they wanted to return it to him. Mm. So she set up a quote-unquote safe meeting place, which was actually a uh, big news, um, a, a big uh, news headquarters in Canada. One of the uh, one of the TV stations that was her safe safe place. She had a media member there with her. Word. I, I don't I don't know like. I would I I guess that's a good safe place if you don't want to involve the cops. Anyways. Yeah. Mara said, uh, we just waited, and lo and behold, the two kind Samaritans came and gave Mama Bear back. Hmm. The bear was kept in a bag, and the good Samaritans told her it hadn't been handled. She described the bear as being in perfect condition and <laughs> smelling and feeling great. Like how she smelled it. Hey, you didn't fart on my bear, did you? What? Awesome. It still smells good. Great. Um, so this is the uh, one where Ryan Reynolds stepped in, right? Yes, exactly. So we'll get there in just okay. a second, Jake. Good good thinking. Good recall. Yes! Uh, the Good Samaritans told Soriano they saw security footage she had posted online, recognized the person seen taking the backpack containing the bear, and got it back from him, she said. Hmm. Soriana uh, said she then gave the two good Samaritans who returned the bear an undisclosed amount 
of her own money for the bear. Wait, what? So, that's all the that's all the deets of the story, Jake. So, um, first off, I'm glad Mara has her bear back. Yes! That's, that's number one. Absolutely. Nice. Glad yeah. to hear that. Now I've got several side points. First, on Twitter, everyone was thanking Ryan Reynolds. And I'd like to point out, Ryan Reynolds' life is already awesome. That's a fact. You don't need to thank him for doing something that he didn't do. Nope. Okay? He he. So far, I've seen no evidence that he actually gave his $5,000. Nope. The only evidence I've seen is that she gave her own money to these people. So true. No Ryan Reynolds 5000 has been given to these strangers, first of all, to my knowledge. Second, why do they keep calling these people good samaritans i mean yeah i know they, they gave the bear back but apparently they're good enough friends with a guy that regularly steals stuff that they can go up to and be like hey so we saw you on the news stealing that bear you're gonna need to give it back Word. and then secondly like you know that guy good enough to say hey give the bear back but you can't be like, hey, and you know what? It'd probably be nice to give back her, her Switch and her iPad as well. So true. Like, they didn't do that, but it's, it's yeah. still, these people are called good. Like, I would call these people people that sort of did the right thing. That's what my label for these folks would be. Not good Samaritans. Well, like, who's, who's to say, like, why, are, why does she believe them? I mean, they, they could have been the ones who stole it in the first place, and they're just trying to throw it off on one of their buddies that they're not naming. Yeah. I mean, th there are a bunch of scenarios here, Jake. It could be, like you said. like and, and for me, you know, I would be, it's like we said in the first place, I would be, if I were the person that had the bear, a little suspicious that they were going to, like, you know, throw me in jail in the first place. I would have just, like, left the bear at her front door and ran off. You know? Yeah. But instead, these people are like, hey, we'd like some money because we're good Samaritans. Word. What? What? Anyways, bottom Ryan line. Ryan Reynolds better. Yeah. Yes. yes. Ryan Reynolds better pay somebody five G's or I'm going to lose. Yeah. I'm, I'm not exactly. Gonna have, I'm not going to be a fan. Exactly. He is no longer Deadpool if he doesn't give him $5,000. Nope. No, sir. Yeah. Instead I, of him I'll being 5, Deadpool. Uh, let me think. Um, Danny DeVito will now be Deadpool. That's who will take sure. over. Be a very, yep. very unathletic and short Deadpool. That's what it will be. Uh, okay. Jake, uh, let's go on to another very, very interesting and weird story. So, uh, Jake, a couple of months ago, you just missed before you came on the show... We had uh, a, a rash of stories of surgeries happening at people's houses. Word. First, first there was a, we had a story in Jacksonville of a dude doing dental surgeries in his house here in Jacksonville. He was just hmm. just doing dental implants in his garage, which is pretty wild. Then it's a slippery slope. That's a fact. Then we had another one where a dude who was an actual dentist was doing plastic surgeries on the side. 
So he was bringing people into his dentistry office and being like, yeah, what do you need? Facelift? Totally. Got that. Boob job? No problem. Right? It's a little weird. Um, I may dare say, Jake, that this next story far exceeds both of those in weirdness. That's a fact. So I can't wait. A 27-year-old from Brisbane, Australia, where, coincidentally, our next guest, not for this show, but our next guest is from. He's from Brisbane. That's right. Uh, was arrested last week on allegations of acts intended to maim. Word. Acts intended to maim. And I know what you're thinking. What was this guy maiming? Hmm. Well, apparently... This guy met another dude on the internet, and then, after they had met on the internet, he suggested that he castrate this other guy by removing Ooh. one of his testicles. Mm. And the other dude, even more surprisingly, was like, yeah, let's do it. Huh? What? So, oh man, this 27-year-old... Uh, who had no medical experience, nope. apparently learned how to do this procedure, of course, where else, on the internet, and bought a cryopin, which I don't know if you know what a cryopin is, Jake. It's, uh, it's a high-pressure uh, pin-like device that has nitrous oxide that uh, cuts flesh, right? They use them a lot of times to cut off warts. I actually had a wart cut off on my finger with a, uh, a cryo pen. That's a this fact. guy used it to cut off a testicle. And uh, when the man was arrested, they did a search of his house and found a penis and a set of testicles in his freezer. Wow. Oh, no. And they have no idea whose they are. <laughs> this the is horrible. Police have no idea. There's so many things that I have to ask about this story. I mean, first of all, how do you break the ice in that conversation on the internet to set that operation up? Hmm. Like, hey, man. Yeah. You ever yeah. thought you have too many body parts? Hmm. Especially in your crotch? Wait, what? <laughs> that ever came to you? No. Just wondering. Like, second, again, how did the police find out that this was going on? Like, were they doing surveillance yeah. on the internet? Did the guy that lost Our the testicle decide he now regretted losing it? Like, that, that wasn't explained either. No idea, Jake. No idea. Well, so, I mean... I get that he's practicing medical things without a license yeah. from his own home and using a cryopin, but what, I mean, I know this sounds horrible, but he did what is illegal it? about it? Yeah, the guy did it was like, yeah, let's do it. Take one. Yeah, then, I like, got I don't understand. Apparently, too, there's a group of folks in, uh, mainly, I think mainly in Australia, that uh, have gotten rid of their genitalia. Wait, what? Yeah. But, like, why? I don't know. That's just... That's terrible. I, I don't know, Jake. I don't know. That would be another story for another day. 
a frightening story, Man. nonetheless, but another story. That's a fact. Uh, Jake, have you ever wanted a Porsche? Hmm. Oh, yes. Is it Porsche or is it... Um, Porsche? A Porsche. Porsche, yeah. Uh, in... I mean, they're not on my, like, the first on my car list. Like, if you were to tell me, list out your favorite cars, Porsche isn't probably going to be at the top of it. But, you know, yeah. if you're giving one away, I'd definitely take it, you know? Sure. Um, yeah. Well, the dude in our next story decided he would just uh, steal one. Word. So, Casey. I think I've heard this. Yeah, I heard this one, too. You did? You did? Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, Casey, you tell your story. Casey Kelly from uh, Weewachica, uh, Florida, which is in the Panhandle. I think I can. I think I can say that better. Weewachica, Weewachica. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Yeah. It's tough. Uh, anyways, he drove over to Destin, Florida, and he went to a Porsche dealership and purchased a Porsche 911 Turbo. Sweet. Which. First off, congratulations to him for going real deal classic. And he didn't get one of those lower models of Porsche. He went with the 911 and not just the 911 Turbo. Nicely done. That's right. Second, I know what you're thinking. You're like, wait a second. I thought you said he stole it. You just said he purchased it. Well, he did purchase it. He purchased it with a cashier's check for $139,203 that he printed at his home, off of his home printer. What? Oh, yeah. Sounds like uh, Leonardo DiCaprio in Catch Me If You Can. That's a fact. Yeah. Like, who would think that would work, right? But it did. They were like, thanks for the check. Here's your keys. And apparently, it worked so well for Casey that the next day, he was like, hey, you know what would go well with my new Porsche? Um... Some new Rolexes. So true. So he went to a jeweler and tried to buy three Rolexes, again, with a fake cashier's check for $61,521. Unlike the car dealership, the jewelers were like, yeah, you know what? We're going to hold on to these Rolexes until your check clears. Oh. And of course, the check didn't clear because it was fake. Man. And the cops found Casey and arrested him. Um, so Yeah, that's not the story I remember. Yeah. Nope. Well, so obviously uh, nobody should be stealing cars. That's a fact. But I do. It, it's sort of like you just mentioned with the dude with his uh, with his crotch. What? Um, I like. Isn't there a little bit of a fault on the on the Porsche dealership? Like you uh, didn't yeah, even absolutely. You didn't even check the check. Like you weren't like, oh, you know, it's suspicious that this guy would go get a hundred and thirty-nine thousand dollar cashier's check. So true. We should probably run this first. No, they're just like, here's the keys. See you later. Like, wait, what? I mean, there's no way if I was Casey and you told me to try this out that I'd be like, that's not gonna work. Print out a cashier's check? Why don't I just get a $100 bill and put it in a copier and copy a couple of $100 bills and try to take them to the store? That's like, it's yeah. ridiculous. Who yeah. would fall for that? Apparently a Porsche dealership. Apparently a yeah. Porsche dealership. Uh, okay, Jake, one well, more story before we go to break here. 
Okay. Jake, do you remember the uh, movie Training Day? Oh, dude. You want to go to jail? You want to go home? Yeah, dude. I'm, I love that movie. That's one of my top faves. Nice. Nice. It's pretty bad. You just got me. You know? You got me jazzed. All right. Yeah. Hit me with the story. Yeah, well, Ethan Hawke's character. For the people that haven't seen the movie, I'm not going to really. I mean, uh, well, spoiler alert. If you haven't seen this 20-year-old movie, I'm getting ready to spoil it. Um, Girl, come on. His character, Ethan Hawke's character, is starting his first day out on a detective force with Denzel Washington's character. Turns out Denzel's uh, Washington character is a dirty cop. That's the uh, that's the synopsis of the movie. So apparently, you don't need to watch this movie though if you want to see this go down, because apparently uh, in LA, this is actually happening. Jeez, this is happening in their police force. A deputy, oh, of course it is. A deputy in the Los Angeles County Sheriff's Office, um, Astre Buerto uh, Gonzalez claims that a band of deputies have came together under the game name the executioners jeez oof and are all part of this gang and they all work out of the Compton Sheriff's officer uh and it's obvious that they are all part of this gang because they all have the same matching flaming skull tattoo with Nazi imagery around it. Hmm. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Not only that, but this image showed up on their mouse pad and mouse of their computers. Girl, come on. In the sheriff's office. There was a picture of it in the newspaper. And I was like, eh, sort of making it obvious there, guys. It's uh, real obvious. That's a fact. Uh, they the the lawyers for the uh deputy that came forward Austre Buerto Gonzalez said that nearly all the Compton, dep uh, Compton deputies that have been been involved in high profile shootings and have out of policy beatings on their records have been tattooed members of the executioners jeez yeah yeah now, and, like, how, how is this just now surfacing? Like, this is 2020. Yeah, it's a little weird, right? Now, I I know this isn't the main point of the story, Jake. Obviously, any kind of corrupt uh, official needs to be dealt with. So true. But this is the sure. thing that I just thought of in my head when I was reading this story was, like... And this goes for all gangs. Like... What, why are you guys going to get matching tattoos? That's a fact. It's such a bad idea. Like, yeah. especially on your arm. Like the one that they showed in the in the newspaper was on an arm. Girl, come on! And I'm like, don't you think when the gang was having their meeting that somebody should have stand up and been like, hey, hey guys, isn't it hard to stay under the radar when we have a giant sign on our arm saying that we're in a gang? Like, I mean, like... Yeah, and that it it has a Nazi symbol. Yeah, like, it, right? seriously. How do you deny a flaming skull with an AK-47 with Nazi imagery that you're not part of some crazy gang cult? Hmm. Like, come on. Like, hey, are you part of this gang? No. Uh, what about your tattoo on your arm? Nope. Oh, yeah, that. 
It's not for a gang, that's for my grandma. That's a fact. Yeah, she was really into flaming skulls. And uh, those aren't swastikas, those are flowers. Just a bad tattoo artist. Sorry. Like, what? Come on, it's so weird, man. So weird. And it's going on. That's disappointing. Yes! Disappointing and weird. Anyways, we're going to take a break. We are going to be back. But right now, we're going to listen to a little bit of our guest of honor, Red Fang, right here on the Doc G Show.
And we are back here on the Doc G Show. Spinnaker Radio, WSKRLP 95.5 FM in Jacksonville, Florida. Uh, Jake, I think the listeners need to check out our podcast. They can do it on really any app that they want. Uh, Spreaker, TuneIn, Mirin, of course, Apple, SoundCloud. So true. What they should do is they should give us a, a comment or a review. If it's going to be negative, just don't do it, folks. That's a fact. That'll just ruin my day. You don't need to ruin my day. Nope. That's unnecessary, right? If you don't like the show, just don't listen to it. But if you're a fan, like everybody I would expect listening is, yes! put us down. Put us down for a five star. We'd appreciate it. Check everything out. DocGWWWDocGShow.com. And of course, check us out on Instagram. Uh, Jake, it's time to go through some uh, shout outs. Are you ready? Hmm. All right, man. I've, Are you ready? You're the one that has to blaze. Well, I've got these good things. news. Moscow's back. What's that? They're back. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Okay, so regulars. Let's hit the regulars. First off, Jacksonville, Florida, of course, Shout Duval out. County, all around the area. Clay County, St. John's County, Ponte Vedra, Neptune Beach, Atlantic Beach, Jack's Beach, Riverside, everywhere in Jacksonville. We've got Columbia, South Carolina, the capital city, everywhere Shout around out. in Columbia as well. Uh, Gainesville, Florida. Shout, Shout out. out to the capital of the Gators there. Not the capital of Florida, but the capital of Gators. Uh, Radford, Virginia, the Highlanders. Shout out to Radford. Shout, Shout out. out to Dublin, Ireland, the 01. Thank you guys for listening. Boardman, Oregon, our second West Coast connection. Thank you for listening. Charlotte, North Carolina, the Queen City. Shout Charleston, out. South Carolina. Uh, Barcelona, Spain, one of our international listeners. Thank you, Barcelona. Ashburn, Virginia, in the common Wealth of Virginia, Roanoke Shout City, out. the Star City. They've been they've been killing the listens recently. Shout Lots out. of listens coming from the Roanoke uh, Roanoke area. Thank you, Roanoke. Kenner, Louisiana. Shout out to Kenner in the heart Shout of out. New Orleans. Madison, Tennessee, right outside of Nashville. Shout Mountain out. View, California, our original West Coast connection. Shout London, out. United Kingdom, all the areas of London. Thank you, particularly Pinner this week. Shout Pinner out. giving us some listens. Thank you for that. Orlando, Florida, home of the NBA bubble. Shout out to shout Orlando. Out. Peoria, Illinois. Shout out to Peoria. Shout Genoa, out. Italy. Shout out to Genoa. Brighton, United shout Kingdom. Out. Bristol, Virginia, the original shout king out. of country music. The shout king out. of country music. Moscow, Russia, in the house shout once out. again. Fisherville, Virginia, and Columbus, shout Georgia. Out. Those are the regulars. Those are the regulars, Nice. Jake. It's a good amount of regulars, am I right? Hmm. We're getting, We're getting up, up there. there. And, I, up and there. you know what I like about it? All around the world. All around the world, you know? Yeah. Just like... In I'm really in, really impressed. With just your just like the Red Hot Chili Peppers, all around the world. That's Jake. a fact. All around the world. Uh, okay, semi regulars. You ready? Okay. Uh, yeah. Okay. Dude, I'm I, ready. I like how you gave it some thought. Like maybe am I? Mm. No, I am. I'm ready. I'm ready. Had to think about uh, it. First off, Port. Villa, Vanuatu, they're back Shout again, out. guys. Make it regulars, Vanuatu. 
Make it regular. I hope you're going to be regular. You'd be a fantastic addition. Yes! Brisbane, Australia. Maybe maybe it's our guys Shout from out. the Blackwater Fever listening. I'm hoping it's the guys that aren't fans of doing uh, surgery at their houses. Uh, if so, you guys need to get some help. Just saying. So true. Uh, Atlanta, Georgia. Hot Atlanta. Thank you for listening. Uh, Simpsonville. You ever been to Simpsonville, South Carolina, Jake? Um, I don't believe they got a, I have. They got a located? they got a bang up uh, uh hot dog area. Wait, what? it's not too far away from um from Columbia. Basically, where old bass player Chris, uh, if you go past his house, you just kept going in that direction, you get there. Word. I know that's not great oh, directions, but that's the way you're gonna go. Yeah, you know. Um. Oh, sorry, I got sidetracked. Uh, Harrisonburg, Virginia. Shout out to Harrisonburg. Thank you for listening. That's home Shout of JMU, uh, Jake. Went to a lot of basketball camps there. Oh, yeah. Uh, Phoenix, Arizona. Shout out to Phoenix. Shout Been the hottest out. month of July ever on record in Phoenix. Jeez. Bet it's pretty toasty if it's the hottest ever on record. Uh, Ponchatoula, Louisiana. Once again, guys, home Shout of the Strawberry out. Fest. Thanks for listening, Ponchatoula. Yes. Yes. Uh, and then lastly, Los Angeles, City of Angels. Thank you, Shout Los out. Angeles. Okay, Jake, geography time. Are you ready? Yeah, dude. We- I got to say, Ben, though, um, sorry to interrupt, but, you know, when you mentioned Chris, I just had to think about that one time we walked into Chris's house uh-huh. and we were playing bass or uh-huh. we were playing music, yeah. and uh, we walked in and we saw, we saw his lady, and I was like, whoa. Like, it was just... We were... We were so surprised that that Chris had a very attractive girlfriend, and Chris was Chris. Yeah, I didn't expect that at all. And then I had a, a huge respect Noah, for Chris after that. No, <laughs> no offense to Chris if you're listening. We just didn't know that you could pull that attractive of a lady into a relationship. We were impressed, bro. So true. It was a good job. Um, okay. All right. Moving on. Do you want the West Coast... Uh, newcomer or the East Coast? Let's do First. let's do West. Okay, okay, we're gonna go Scotts Valley, California. Shout out to Scotts Valley. Now, Jake. First of all, real important fact here: that's not to be confused with Scott Valley. Oh, there's a Scotts with an S and then a Scott, both in California. Scott Valley is like really at the top of California, getting close to to Oregon. Scotts Valley is lower. It's south of San Francisco, in between San Francisco and uh, L.A. That's a fact. Yeah, so we're talking Scotts with an S. Um, So, Scotts Valley, little information for you here. It's about 30 miles south of San Jose, which San Jose, semi-regular listeners of the Doc G Show. Shout out to San Jose. Shout out. Um, fun fact. Famous film director, uh, Alfred Hitchcock. Yeah. He he lived he lived in Scotts Valley. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And city surrounded by coastal redwood forest, which I know, and the listeners know, Jake, you've only been to four states. That's a fact. But I'm telling you, something you got to mark off the list Seeing some redwoods. Yes! Those things are impressive. Change your whole outlook on life. Wow. When you see one of those trees, Jake. It'll blow your mind. Trust me. Crazy intense. Now, 
The other coolest thing about Scotts Valley, it's also home to the barn. Well, it was home to the barn. The barn. Which, uh, the barn was a coffee shop uh, that was really famous back in the 60s. Janis Joplin played there. Grateful Dead played there. Uh, Led Zeppelin was even there before they were officially formed as Led Zeppelin. Say what? Like, they hadn't came out as Led Zeppelin, but they played there. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty cool. That is fun. Sadly, Jake, the barn is no longer there. It was torn down in 1991. Uh, But... Sounded like a really dope place. Like, uh, uh, apparently, you know, it was originally an actual dairy barn, right? And then they converted it, and the bottom of it was just like this normal-looking coffee shop. Hmm. But then you went upstairs, and it was this big, drafty room with huge vaulted ceilings, and they would have uh, performances there, and they actually had a basketball gym up there. Wait, what? It was actually a basketball court. What? Yeah, that's pretty cool. Talk about an awesome place. Man. Man. Watch Zeppelin perform and then shoot a couple, shoot some hoopies with Robert Plant. That's not bad. Wouldn't mind doing that. Yeah. Oh, okay, Jake. You ready for the East Coast? All right, let's do it. Indiana, Pennsylvania. Uh, Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. That's right. uh, That's right. Indiana, Pennsylvania. So a town in Pennsylvania called Indiana. Yeah, so one of my favorite mm-hmm. YouTubers, Nick Bear, he uh that's where he went to college was Indiana State uh it's like Indiana State of, of Pennsylvania. Yeah, something like that. Yes. Yes. That is in Indiana, Jake, of course. Of course. Indiana, Pennsylvania. It's uh it's considered in the metropolitan area of Pittsburgh. So it's right outside of Pittsburgh, okay. Indiana, Pennsylvania. Uh, they also bill themselves as the Christmas tree capital of the world. Hmm. I also knew that, too, yeah. from watching Nick Bear. I've never missed an episode since, oh, wow. since 2015. Yeah. Jeez. My goodness. My goodness. Well, also, along with, did, did has he ever mentioned Jimmy Stewart? N- no. Is he from there? Jimmy Stewart, the guy that played in uh, Mr. Smith Goes to Washington and It's a Wonderful Life from Indiana, Pennsylvania. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's a fact. And, and former professional football player and announcer, Jim Nance. Shout out. Yeah. Yeah. I like some Jim Nance. All kinds of folks. Indiana, Pennsylvania. So there you go. Two new listeners. Indiana, Pennsylvania. Scotts Valley, California. Shout out to you guys. Shout out to all the listeners. Become regulars. Become regulars like Genoa, Italy, like Roanoke, Virginia, like Barcelona, Spain, like Dublin, Ireland. We want them all over the world, the Doc G listeners, so you can hear the beauty that is Jake Parler's voice. Yeah. That's what we want to do. Now, Jake, are you ready? Got a couple leftover stories. Hmm. Oh, that's right. It's that time. Let's finish them up. It's that time. Uh, okay, so, um, I, I don't want to, uh, uh, offend our Moscow listeners, but I, I may with this next story. What? I'm sorry, Moscow listeners. I'm sorry, in, in advance. Wham. Uh, We so, just got him back. What's that? <laughs> Say, so we just got him back, and you're about to offend him. So true. Uh, so, let me start this next story by first saying, I've took some immunology classes in my life, Right? And I've studied physiology for a good amount of time. Uh, 
And let me tell you, in my opinion, there's no craziness of vaccines. There's no voodoo. They don't lead to any other diseases. Nope. They're helpful to public health. So true. Uh, But with that being said, I don't know if I would take a vaccine from a Russian company. Wait, what? Just to let you know. And I'm sorry, Moscow listeners. I know. I know. You're like, hey, Ben, what the It's not you guys. You guys are great. You're listening to our show. So obviously, you're fantastic. It's it's more the folks in your government. Hmm. Specifically that Putin character. Word. He, uh... He scares the crap out of me, Jake. Yes! He, he's, yeah. he's frightening. I mean, every time there's a James Bond villain lookalike contest, he must win. That's a fact. Because that's what he looks like. Yes! He looks like a James Bond villain. And that, liter- that dude has literally been accused of throwing acid on his enemies. Jeez. Acid. That's not fun, right? Nope. But... Mm-mm. It brings me to the point, Jake, that uh, he wouldn't be my first person to give me uh, a vaccine, right? And again, Moscow listeners, I know you're saying, Ben, really? You want us to talk about leaders of our country? I know. Mm. I get it. I know. Pot calling the, the kettle black. I get it. Don't worry. Nonetheless, Jake, folks at Gamalea which is a Moscow-based company. I guess I'm saying that right. Gamalea. Uh, they're claiming they're going to be the first ones out with a COVID-19 vaccine. Yeah. yeah. And not only that, Jake, they're saying they're going to have it in less than two weeks. Oh, man. Well, okay. Yeah. That seems a lot sooner than what everyone else was expecting, for yeah. sure. Yeah, well, and see, the big problem is the company hasn't released any scientific data on their vaccine mm. or any testing or safety or effectiveness of this vaccine. Mm. They're just like, yeah, it totally works, and we'll have it ready in two weeks. Nope. It's a little shady. Then, uh, when asked about it, the Russia's... Defense Ministry said that Russian soldiers served as volunteers in the human trials. Wait, what? And I was like, I mean, I can already say that there's never been a time that I wanted to serve in an army, but that is definitely a reason that I would not want to serve in the Russian army. Like, hey, you can come over here? For what? Ow! What the f*** do? I just stabbed you with a vaccine. We're not sure if it works. We'll see what happens with you. Oh, just gave you a vitamin shot. Like, man, that doesn't sound good at all. But who knows? They're supposed to be leading, leading the, uh, leading the search for a vaccine. We'll see if it happens, Jake. We'll see. I'm gonna need to see more information and testing about that. A little bit of evidence. Uh, Let's head down to Miami, Jake. So great place. So true. You remember last week we had a story of a lady becoming enraged in Panera because they asked her to wear a mask and then she went on a rant about farts and how they smell. So Yeah, that was that was my favorite one. Well, this week we're on the opposite end of the spectrum. We have a dude that became enraged because people weren't Social distancing. Hmm. And surprisingly, 
his reaction was way worse than Panera Patty. Way worse. Word. So, Douglas Marks was staying uh, at the Crystal Beach Suites in Miami Beach on Collins Avenue. Uh, he was walking through the lobby when he saw two folks, Veronica Pina and her son, on a couch in the lobby talking. He walked up to Veronica and said, uh, you all aren't social distancing and need to leave. Hmm. Veronica and her son were just sort of confused and uh, went on and continued talking, of course, and were like, that dude's a little nutty. We're going to continue to talk. Then she said she heard Mark say, let me take care of him. I have two people not following directions. Wait, what? And he grabbed a gun and fired off several shots. Jeez. I guess in the terms of, uh, of the other guys, he was performing a hotel pop. That's a fact. Would be, I guess, what he was doing. Uh, <laughs> the police were automatically called, and when they showed up, Marks admitted to shooting, saying that he did so because uh, someone was following him. Then he said that he had told the hotel desk to call 911 before he fired the four warning shots. Hmm. So I've got a lot of questions for this story, Jake. There's a lot of questions on this one. First, I got to go back to where Veronica heard Mark say, let me take care of them. I have uh, two people not following directions. Hmm. Who is he talking to? Like, was there uh -huh. another person there? Like, all I have in my head, all I'm imagining him is him having, like, a walkie-talkie clipped to his shoulder and him, like, talking into it, being like, yeah, yeah, I got two people not following directions, and the walkie-talk being, like, broken and him just talking to himself. Like, that's what I'm imagining in my head. Like, who is he telling this to? Yeah, I mean, it sounds almost as if he works there, and but he doesn't. I mean, when but you said he was just another just like a, patron staying there, correct? Yeah, just another patron. Yeah, yeah. It just sounds like a nutcase, to be honest. Well, and then second, let me go ahead and explain for anyone out there who is unaware of this. Anytime your solution to a problem that you're having is to fire off some warning shots and you're in a crowded place like Miami, you will be arrested. That's a fact. I can go ahead and let you know that right now. You're not scaring a grizzly bear off of your porch of your cabin. Nope. All right? This is a hotel in a crowded city. You will be arrested for that. That is a problem. Firing warning shots is not a solution to anything. Okay? Just... A 411 for you folks out there that are like Mark. Yes! Just so you know. Insane. Insane. Who does that? Who does that? I don't know. Mark, apparently, Jake. Mark. Okay. Are you ready, Jake? Hmm. You got a second birthday suit? Second birthday suit, man. I didn't forget All it right. this time. All right. Uh, Good. What do you want? Do you want football or basketball right now? Let's do football. 
Okay, football, I'm giving you, it's a it's a lower chance. I'm giving you 68% on this. Hmm. Oh, man, you have no faith in me on this one. Okay. Well, well right. he's, I mean, he, for a couple years, he was well known. But he hasn't really, like, the accolades haven't really rolled in for him. So, I don't know. We'll see. Anyways, born on August 2nd, 1988 in Hendersonville, Tennessee. Our birthday suit wearer loved playing sports. When he reached high school, he was a three-sport athlete playing football, baseball, and running track. His senior year of high school, he was named first-team All-State, and his football jersey was retired. In spring, he injured his thumb, so instead of focusing on baseball like he normally did, he decided he'd focus on track. Hmm. He finished the year with a personal best of 10.93 in the 100-meter dash and 22.33 seconds in the 200-meter dash. Wow. Insane, man. Out of high school, he was drafted by the Arizona Diamondbacks in the 42nd round of the Major League Bay. It's so insane how many rounds yeah. they have in baseball. It's pretty ridiculous. Like, 42nd round. What? Who actually listens to all of those rounds? No one. Anyways, he decided not to go baseball route. He decided to go to the University of, Fo uh, University of Football, <laughs> University of Notre Dame, and play baseball and football. He played both sports for the first two years of his college career, but then quit baseball and focused just on football his junior year. He was drafted in 2010 by the Seahawks, 60th overall uh, as a wide receiver. In 2014... I think I got it. Golden Tate. Wow, nicely yeah. done. Golden yeah. Tate is correct. Yes. I just I just remembered, you know, like whenever you said Notre Dame and then you said Seahawks, I just remember mm. that Monday night football game, the Golden Tate away. Remember mm. I don't know if you remember that one. Mm. No, that, that that's probably his highest moment. That's what I was gonna say was uh was you know, uh Golden Tate was really he reached the high I d I don't wanna say maybe he could get a little bit of higher point later on, but really his high point was with the Seahawks, you know? Yeah. That was yeah. That was his high point of his career. Uh then he was traded to the Detroit Lions, then the Eagles for one year, and then now the New York Giants. And he's been with the uh, with the Giants. Uh he actually he actually was busted for uh performance enhancing drugs. But his argument was they were fertility drugs hmm. to boost fertility, which I don't know sure. if that worked. Yeah. But that was his that was his claim. Interesting, interesting. Uh, nonetheless, he's turning thirty-two. Jake Golden Tate turning thirty-two, still in the league. Long career yeah. for a receiver. Nicely done, man. Yeah. Nicely done. Enjoy it, Golden Tate. We are going to take a break, Jake. We are going to be right back with Brian Giles of Red Fang, right here on the Doc G Show. The Doc G Show, because sometimes you need something playing in the background. Every Wednesday at 7 p.m. on 99.5 FM, Spinnaker.
Welcome back to the show, everybody. Today we are joined by guitarist and singer of Red Fang, Mr. Brian Giles. Brian, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. How are you? I am doing good, man. So uh, have you been spending the pandemic time in Portland? Uh, yes, I have. I have uh, gone almost nowhere. <laughs> well, that's good. Keeping other people safe. Uh, been getting done uh, some some band stuff, I see. One of the things I've seen with a lot of the bands that we've had on the show, uh, doing live streams and Zoom for hire parties and all these type of things, but one thing that I saw you guys doing that's unique, you've been asking your fans to basically elaborate on a riff that you introduce. So you, you throw out a riff and, and let them go bananas. How's that been going for you? Um, good. You know, I, I, I've been getting a real kick out of it. There's been just, I mean, you know, people are, ta you know, I'll come up with a, the, the, you know, a, a small kernel of an idea mm -hmm. and then, uh, the people, uh, and some people have really run with it and done some really cool stuff. So it's, so it's fun to get, you know, give some, give people something to do enough and it's, and it's really entertaining for me. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, but I've, I've sort of taken a rest with it just because I, I feel like, you know, um, with all, with so much going on, you know, the uh, Black Lives Matter movement and everything, I just feel like, I don't know, it just feels so not cheerful these days that I'm, I'm kind of like a little reticent to continue doing it. I don't want to be, I don't want to do anything that's too flippant, you know, yeah. um, I'm not sure people would take it that way, but you know, people are, this is some bad, bad times and, and, and well, part of me thinks that maybe they would like a distraction from it all, but mm -hmm. in any case. We we usually uh, that that's that's the side we lean to on on our show is that uh, people people want a distraction or at least that's what I like to think of. Who knows? They're probably out there like, would this guy shut up? I really wish. He <laughs> but uh, yeah, you can't you can't look at NPR for fourteen hours a day and not go totally insane. Very true. Very true. Um, well, let, let's take the listeners back to a, a I guess I guess we could say a better time uh, back uh, growing up. It seems like seems like you were all about music. You, uh, I've heard you talk about playing the recorder, uh, piano, trumpet, uh, and eventually guitar. Uh, from the sound of it, it sounds like you were one of those folks that that never really had any other options aside from music. Like you hadn't really have thought of anything you were dead set on music was there ever a year or a time that you were like you know music's cool but i, I want to be a cpa what like has there ever any, been anything <laughs> other than music that you wanted to do uh yeah i mean i've always I, you know i've been lucky to you know the family I, I grew up with you know I, I mean i was afforded opportunities um and so i've always been interested in the arts Mm -hmm. Um, you know, when I was a kid, I, you know, I did a lot of, you know, painting, drawing, illustration, stuff like that. Uh, <clears throat> some, some creative writing, yeah. um, you know, I've, and I've always kind of enjoyed, you know, escaping within myself and, you know, just creating worlds. Sure. Um, and I've been that way since I was, a, you know, with a tiny little thing, yeah. but, uh, I think, I think probably, you know, when I first started playing in bands or I guess the first band that was sort of. We were actually playing the same notes occasionally, you know, uh, <laughs> with a band called House. Um, when I was 15, I guess, we, you know, we, I've had my, I played my first show at a club when I, when I was, I guess, 15 or 16. Mm -hmm. And uh, I just really, and I think what really attracted me to it and was the, was the camaraderie and that, and that, you know, every other artistic pursuit I had was, you know, was dependent on my, you know, it was like, is it done? And it was just me. And I think yeah. that what really attracted me was the, was the collaborative 
thing about it. So, so pretty rapidly after um, I started playing um, in bands. I mean, I continue to play, you do photography and stuff like that um, yeah. into my early twenties. But it, it all, you know, all the creative stuff kind of fell away in 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 lieu of music. And so, yeah. and I, you know, the thing is, I still get a you know a, a real kick out of it. It's just crazy that I, I still like it so much. I'm still that <laughs> stupid kid that's like, dude, that that note sounds evil, you know, whatever. I mean. <laughs> You know, I'm almost fifty, and I'm still, and I'm still that stupid kid. So anyway, yeah. I enjoy it. Well, you, it seems like you. I mean, you had all types of musical influences too. I've heard you talk about how big Simon and Garfunkel was, and uh, and and Sticks being important, and and Metallica being important. But once you got into Red Fang, I mean, you guys have somewhat had the same sound. I mean, obviously, it's evolved over the albums. But, you know, it's been hard rock metal sound. Did you ever play in different types of bands leading up to Red Fang, like, you know, folk or, or jazz or pop or anything like that? Hmm. Uh, yeah, I had some forays into different genres. Um, uh, I, was in a, I was in a ska band for a second. Nice. Uh, <laughs> and uh, anyway, we had this thousand pound organ and we had put in this pickup truck it took like six of us and i was after the second show i was like nope not carrying, not, you, you'll notice that i won't be at practice uh, well honestly and mostly because i can't do that upstroke to save my life yeah it feels so unnatural um and then and you're basically a percussive instrument i was like what am i doing here i'm just making this band sound worse so i quit in that band even though i really enjoyed it socially i really liked the people in the band yeah um, they're usually and pretty I was positive and, and i was Say again? They're usually pretty positive folks in the ska bands, so you know, pretty happy yeah, guys. Yeah, and then and then I was in a country band for about a year. Um, my bandmate, I was in, a, was in a, like a math rock band for mm. about eight or nine years, mm. and uh, my bandmate was also. I was also. I always saw, dated her for years, but uh, anyway, she started a country band. I played guitar for that, and I enjoyed that too. But again, I was like, you know. I don't know what I'm really doing with this country stuff. It's sort of uh, inverting a blues box, and that's what I would do. But I just don't ever feel like I was really doing a service to the song, so I sort of bowed out of that one too. Nice. I was like, you know, and then she ended up getting you know, like this really, really talented like lap steel player, and so anyway, I did the right thing. So it ended up being metal that fit the bill. Yeah, well, that, that's what got me to playing guitar, you know, and then uh, these other forays and stuff. I mean, I, I was listening to a lot of different styles of music and I was trying to find my place. I mean, I guess I was in that ska band when I was 19. Um, yeah, I was in sort of like an Iggy pop worship band before that. Um, but, uh, I mean, which I, I still love Iggy pop and I love old country, but... Um, For sure. But yeah, I guess I, I think I've just... It's, I've come to realize that I have limitations and I can do heavy metal pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, in my humble opinion, fit, fit in, fit in where you're the best. I mean, it makes sense. Um, so you eventually ended up in Red Fang. You guys formed around 2005. It's been 15 years. Crazy. Um, but you, John, Dave, and Aaron, you, 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 you had a bunch of experiences before. Uh, Red Fang, all of you guys were in a bunch of bands, and you were actually in bands with some of the guys. And you went to San Diego uh, looking to make music happen down there. So I, I got to ask, I couldn't really find out, why did you, what made you move to San Diego for music? And then what really, when the fellas were sending you demos back, uh, showing them what they were starting, 
What made you say, you know what, back to Portland it is? Uh, well, I'm, you know, uh, uh, the drummer and guitar player and I, we were in a band called Party Time mm-hmm. for about three and a half years. And then um, the bass player and I both lost our jobs. Guitar player was woefully unemployed. Um, we were just kind of in the dumps. And uh, anyway, I, I started seeing this gal long distance that was living in San Diego. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, what is what is keeping me here? I mean, it, you know, Party Time... Um, was super fun. I loved it, but it was also um, it was a, a very perfect name for that band because uh, we would party. You know what I mean? <laughs> so it, anyway, I was like, all right, I can't I can't find a job, and I'm just partying my face off. I probably need to change. So yeah. anyway, so I moved to San Diego, and I didn't move there for music as much as as my girlfriend. Got it. Um, but but uh, you know, I've since I was I don't know 14 or 15, I have never not been in a band. So, yeah. Um, naturally, I started playing, but it's you know San Diego has a lot of really talented musicians. But um, you know, finding the right fit for me, and you know, I mean, I I lived for several years down there, so I knew a lot of the people in the music scene. Yeah, um, and it was really fun to play with a lot of them. But I mean, I remember playing with one drummer, and we did this sort of fast punk number, and I was like, oh, that's great. He's like, yeah, but I wouldn't want to do a whole night of that. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, that's too tiring playing these fast punk. That's so, true. That's true. Like, oh crap! All right. Well, okay. Moving on. But uh, <laughs> anyway, so so yeah. We, you know, I was down there for for better part of a year, if not over. And uh, and then they started uh, John and Aaron and David started sending me demos, and they were really cool. I was like, oh my god, these are amazing. Anyway, so um, packed packed up and moved back to to Portland. Nice. And uh, and the funny thing was, all those demos, we didn't make any. We didn't make a song out of any of them for years. They just even though around. they were great riffs, yeah. it's like we tried to make them into songs. We couldn't do it. Um, but now, slowly but surely, they're they're coming back. So we're writing songs. Nice that have their origins on those demo tapes. You know, when their songs from you know seven eight years later that if a riff finally sees the light of day so that's that's kind of fun to still be digging back that far about to say resurrection gives you it gives you a whole different gives you a whole different view on the sound too i mean i know that with most things when you come back to it that long it's like you almost forgot what inspired it what you were seeing in it the first time it's it's a completely different aspect absolutely a lot of times a lot of times you'll just sort of free associate it with something that you don't like and then you can't get out of that mindset but yeah. if you just let it sit on the shelf for long enough you'll be like oh look at this thing for sure for sure well you went back to portland um and obviously you've been there a, a good chunk of your life uh and listeners probably know where i'm going with this i love to ask my guest about food specifically in their hometown so if i'm coming to portland and i call you up and i'm like i've got one night in portland i need a place to eat where are you telling me to eat oh geez that's a for for a portland town i mean portland's got it's so foodie it's it's crazy oh yeah for sure i mean Uh, any any type you want whatever you're feeling right now it doesn't necessarily have to be the best thing just whatever you're feeling now and you think is a really good place, shoot it out. Oh, okay. I'm not going to remember the name. The name. What is it? Um, hmm. Okay, I got one. Okay. It's a, a Gra- Gracie's. Gracie's. A pizza. A P I Z Z A. It's a little pizza shop in uh, St. John's. Nice. And it's a, I think he had a cart for a while. I'm not sure exactly the, the history of it, but. Um, anyway, he just he has his little shop in St. John's, a little town yeah. north uh, northwest of Portland, 
And uh, anyway, he he just throws out dough for the day, and once he's once he's out of dough, he just closes the door. Oh, and he, man. And he, you got to get there early if you want. But the pizza is phenomenal. It's it's you know it's not very assuming. You just go up to the yeah. counter and order. Yeah. Um, they got beer and wine and. Um, and the and the menu's pretty limited, but it's amazing. Yes! So, See, anyway, that's, uh, that's my that's my favorite Portland pizza. That's one of those guys that knows the 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 works of supply and demand. You know, it always amazes me those those chefs that are like, "Here's what we're gonna do," and when we run out, we run out. And I'm just like, "How did you get to that point where everybody wants it so bad?" But you're like, "Forget it, we've ran out. That's all we have." And right. I've got I've got my pizza spot. Well, last food yeah. question. I've seen you guys actually talk about hot sauce a lot and your love of hot sauce. And you guys actually have two sauces made with tears of joy hot sauce. You have the night destroyer on two different levels on seven and on eight and a half out of ten. Say what? Uh, do you guys do you have any idea what like the Scoville rating of these hot sauces is putting out or? Just I, you know, hot. I know I could look at the bottle, but I, I don't think they. I don't think it says. Now, 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 how would you consider it on just on your scale? Is it very tolerable to you, or is it really hot? Uh, the the original one has has great flavor, but it, honestly, it's not that spicy. Mm-hmm. I mean, I grew up in the Southwest. I mean, I was you know until I was in my early twenties, I lived in Arizona, so I was very accustomed to spicy. Yeah, uh, I'm not so much anymore, but still. Um, I would say if you know, it depends on where. You're. If you're from Arizona or yeah. Southern California, you're not going to think it's hot at all. Um, <laughs> if you're from Maine, you might think it's a little hotter. Um, but uh, but the, but then so that's the normal one, and then he made another one. Yeah, I, I think we, the impetus was because we brought some over to Europe, and there was this. Uh, we sold a bottle to a German guy, mm-hmm. and uh, and they and Germans are known for at least in my experience of for not pulling any punches. They will say what they mean. <laughs> what they think yeah which is great i think we could probably take a page from that but uh, he's like this is not hot at all he's like super <laughs> aggro about it we're like hey so and we took that kind of personally so we went back to uh to brian at tears of joy and we're like can you make this hurt more and so <laughs> Uh, yeah, he 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 added scorpion peppers, Oof. and it is uh, markedly hotter. I mean, I can still take it. It's, there are some that are just all heat and no flavor. And yeah. It destroys your food immediately. This is not like that. I mean, it it you probably need a governor, but if you don't have one, it's not a disaster. <laughs> For sure. Well, uh, back to music. You guys have been playing now, like we said, for 15 years, really. Uh and it's especially impressive considering you guys have kept the same lineup, you know, uh, which you can't really say that much in music these days. Nope. I'm guessing I'm guessing there's been some uh, some tension before in the group. Oh, sure. I mean, if, you know, anybody who says there's not is lying. I mean, <laughs> you know, I think half of being in a band is just getting along with each other, you know. Um, yeah. A lot of times, you know, if you're starting a band... Um, you know, you got some guitar player, you know, who can just, you know, do a Zing Bay Malmsteen or whatever. Um, but they're a yeah. like, no, how about go with the guy who can do four chords, who's totally awesome to drink beer with? Because, yeah. I mean, that's what it comes down to. Yeah. For me, it's like, obviously, you have to, you know, share some interest in, in music styles. Um, but but what it does come down to, I think, is your rapport on a personal level, because I don't think you're ever going to progress um, musically if you can't see eye to eye on you know on just day-to-day things yeah for sure but but yeah definitely we've you know we've we've had issues 
But we've, I think, after after all these years, I think we've all really, um, whether consciously or not, really learned each other's, yeah, um, you know, to, to read each other's temperature before it ever gets to be an issue. So I can see, I can see on some on one of the guys' faces if it's, this is going to be a problem way before <laughs> it is, and I go, okay, I'm going to go. You know, whatever. I'm going to walk around. Yeah. And I'm going to, you know, I'll see you at, I'll see you at dinner. And I just, you know, take, you know, a lot of times on tour, we'll just scatter like rats, you know, uh, <laughs> after sound check, you know, we all go in the different, you know, four cardinal directions. Yeah. Um, get our steps in and get away from each other, you know. Yeah. So, Nice. Uh, I think that's a good coping me- mechanism too. For sure. Well, you guys, I mean, uh, on tour, you guys have compiled a ton of tours. And I mean, it's got to be crazy right now not touring any for the last you know four months it's got to be crazy oh no it's awesome i love it <laughs> you, you've really really taken to the break <laughs> no i'm i'm miserable <laughs> uh, yeah man it's i mean whatever i, I can't like i like i said i can't complain i mean i'm in a i'm in a good place um, yeah my wife and i are comfortable and you know it's um it's just disappointing because it's it's so much of um you know what brings me happiness yeah. um, and a sense of sense of purpose, and so um, not having that is um, is difficult. But you know, I've turned my I've, I've turned to the computer like everybody else. You know, <laughs> teaching myself some computer some recording programs, and I'm going to try to enter this you know 21st century or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, you know, kicking and screaming. I might add, I hate this. You yeah, know, technological. Shit. Like, I'll have an idea for a song. I get all excited about it. Then I sit in front of the computer, and then six or seven uh, digital speed bumps later, I finally got the thing to where it works, and I'm like, eh, <laughs> you know. <laughs> well, you need to have that just that tape recorder right beside you so you can at least get it out on that. And right. Then- well, you, you, you do not want to hear my... Uh, voice memos on my uh, on my phone so, just so many oh yeah that's helpful but i do it so i look stupid in public and, and then you just have to explain to people uh, hey i'm getting a song idea down forget it you don't need to know don't worry about it uh, that's right <laughs> uh well look, i look back and i looked at a, like you know all of your guys sort of well not all of them but a, a bunch of the lows and highs of touring in Red Fang, and there are some absolutely insane stories throughout there, and I, I gotta say, a couple of them caught my attention, I wanted to go through them. The first, actually, you mentioned uh, on your first American tour, when you guys stopped in Atlanta, and you had nowhere to stay, and the bar back at the place of your gig finally says you can stay at his place, and it turns out that his house is a mix between the hoarder's paradise and a mountain of cat like that's what his place is does that still hold the title for like the worst sleeping quarters on tour uh yeah i would i would say i mean i've there's been places as sketchy you know where you feel like you you wish you'd gotten a tetanus shot um you know lots of that but um you know we stayed in a in a in a in a motel in uh in rural jersey um, one time it was the only place we could get because it was a, there was a festival happening in Jersey, so like every hotel was booked. Mm-hmm. Anyway, we walked over what a, what may or may not have been a dead body on the way to the you know <laughs> to the room. So I mean, I'm serious. I'm like, I'm not checking for pulse, man. I'm just trying to sleep for three hours and get out of here. <laughs> um, but uh, you know, I don't know. I mean, you know, it, we still, you know, we'll still 
stay on floors if we can. Um, you know, gas just keeps going up, and uh, you know. So anyway, but uh, <laughs> but yeah, that was probably one of the worst. Ooh, I, mean, I, I think there's maybe maybe because those guys were so nice though, so it's really it's kind of mean to say that was the worst because I've stayed in places that were slightly cleaner, but um, the people were you know borderline racist, <laughs> violent people, and that's like I'll take cat any day. So, well, well, what amazes yeah. me though is that dude was so hospitable at nice to invite you, and you're just like, dude, you're not like no offense, but you're not embarrassed by that place. Like if I'm if I'm that bar back, I'd be like, yeah, you trust me, trust me, you do not want to go to my place. Nope. It is nowhere a human being should be. But you know, he's just like, yeah, come on over. Yeah, I don't mind that stuff. It's fine. Yeah, well, it was it was really weird because um, in the morning, one of his roommates, um, you know, we could hear them playing music in the bathroom. Um, the bathroom, by the way, had like magazines stacked up halfway to the ceiling. The sink was halfway hanging off the wall. I mean, the whole place was a hazmat situation. Yeah. Um, but then this gal comes out, and I guess one of his roommates, and she's like pretty as a picture. She's she's dressed up like a sorority girl, and. <laughs> And she bops out of the house, gets in her cabriolet, and, and goes to school. I'm like, what is happening? And she didn't seem bummed at all. So yeah. I was like, all right, whatever. She just She's living in her own fantasy land. Man, the guy that decides to date her and shows up to pick her up for a date and is like, where, where do you well, live? Well, she sees their... If she, sees, if she sees their apartment, she's like, well, oh, classy. <laughs> let's no, let's no stay at your place. Classy. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, soon after that house, you guys actually, you flipped your van uh, going down Interstate 5, coming back from, from uh, a gig in Seattle, going back to Portland. And luckily... Everybody was okay for the most part. There was a, a, a crack rib, a, a couple of stitches, but everything else was fine. And, you know, I mean, as touring musicians, I don't think you'd really have the option of this, but did you guys get right back on the horse after that? Because it seems like it would be really tough to hop back into an automobile after you flip it several times on the interstate. Yeah, well, that was, you know, that was early in uh, in our in our career and honestly um we'd had a tour planned with the that was the first show of a, a tour we were supporting uh, valiant thor mm-hmm. and uh that was the first show we went up to seattle and then we were going to play the following show uh the following night in portland so after the show we decided that we would just drive home so we could sleep in our own beds one more time yeah um and then flip the van and like you say everyone was pretty much okay i mean you know kind of freaked out yeah but, uh, but we were all okay. Um, but and then the following day, we just it was in a wrecking yard about forty miles north of the uh, Oregon border, mm. and we went there and uh, opened the back of the van, which was trashed. I mean, it was definitely a total. Um, but uh, Aaron pulled out one of the guitars and and looked at me and said, "Oh no!" And I said, "What?" And he said, "I think the guitar's out of tune." <laughs> so anyway, the guitar. So we borrowed a van and we got all our gear and we came down. And we played the show in Portland the next night, man. Um, because honestly, we needed the gas money and the the best, you know, the best money we were going to make was our hometown crowd. So yeah. it was like, skip, if we were going to do the rest of the tour, there was no way we could skip the hometown show. So anyway, that was and it was really felt really triumphant. You know, our, our gear's still working, we're still going, and <clears throat> a good friend of ours. Uh, uh, 
Mike Welch, he, he loaned us his van to take on tour and Man. we just got back. We missed the show. We missed the show in Bend because we kind of had to reconfigure. We had to figure out the van situation and make sure um, everything was was honky dory. So, yeah. uh, so I get yeah, we missed one show, but that's not so bad. No, <laughs> no. I mean, I feel like and for I the think rest, and I think it was probably a good idea. You know, you get out of the van and then you start thinking about rolling a van. Yeah. And maybe you don't feel so hot about getting back in it, but if you just get back in it the next day and you know log another, you know, five or six hours a day after that in the van, it's just like, oh yeah, we do this. <laughs> it was funny you mentioned. I, I think it was. I think it was one of your uh, uh, one of your texts that was driving. Was it one of the texts that was driving the van when he swerved for the deer? Uh, no, it was, uh, it was Aaron, the bass player, uh, other singer. It was Aaron, and and he pulled out a what was it? A whoopsie when he almost when when he was about when you guys were about to start rolling the van or sorry. Yes, it was. It was very cute. We were <laughs> we were driving, and then this deer. It was like three thirty in the morning. This deer comes out, this little baby deer. We could have clocked this thing, and it probably wouldn't have even noticed. Yeah. But in any case, it was cute, and uh, I understand completely. You know, you're trained not to hit things anyway. Yeah. So Aaron tried to avoid it um, and turned a little heavy. So he tried to mm. correct back into the back into the lane, but then that was an overcorrect. So we started going into the into the median mm. and he tried to get back out of the median and that's when the front left tire dug in and we basically did a shoulder roll front left over twice oh. almost into oncoming traffic oh. but uh right before it happened i was you know we were swerving i was like uh-oh <laughs> and i thought to myself right before it happened i was like we're not gonna make it yeah and then right before we flipped he says like he spilled milk he says sorry like super <laughs> quiet and if i did and if we weren't flying around at you know 60 miles an hour upside down i would have been laughing yeah well <laughs> I, I mean i can laugh at it now it's like you uh, you uh, well we're not dead so <laughs> well the funny thing is i thought of it i did sort of the same thing i hydroplaned on on an interstate one time like that and i remember doing the same thing right before i hit this giant sign for the interstate with my car like i was spinning around in circles and i came around and i saw this huge sign and instead of saying instead of saying sorry i was like oh that's not good and i said it to myself no one else was in the car and afterwards i was like who was i saying that for why did i say <laughs> that out loud like just so weird but for me, that was yeah. The it's, thing. Not gonna, it's not going to. It's not going to make your headstone. Nope. No, it's not. But like for me, I had the option of not going back out on the road for a while, and that's what I was thinking with you guys. I was like, man, you guys had to get right back out there. There was no time to sort of build up a, a scare of of driving and and touring again. Yeah. Well, I mean, for for me, I, I think I don't know. I mean, I'm I've spent a. a a lifetime doing um, reality avoidance. Sweet. So um, it just, you know, it's like, whatever. I mean, yeah, sure. You're more likely to get in an accident in a car than a plane, but, you know, and it is, you know, but, but if you're going to live your life in fear, are you really living? So, yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't feel like we're on the, you know, out in the trenches, you know, dodging bombs. Yeah. Like, yeah. Well, it's, it's a, it's a, one of the risks of this job. There's plenty of other people that go through the same thing. So, for sure. It's not like we're deep sea welders or something. <laughs> <laughs> well, so uh, you guys, not too long after that, you had your first European tour. 33 shows, 35 days. Cool documentary that actually goes along with that on YouTube that everybody could check out. Um, and it's crazy amount of traveling that you guys had to do in between. And it's funny, the second to last show you guys had in Moscow, 
and I swear, when you came off the stage, it looked like you got out of a 15-round fight with Tyson Fury. Like, you're just, like, so white from this show, and you're just like, oh, oh, 40-year-old me is dying right now. Can, can you think of any time since then or any time touring that you were more exhausted than that? Oh, yeah, countless. <laughs> so that I mean, there's a laundry list. There's a laundry list of nightmare shows. Does that that um, doesn't even make the top ten of most exhausted? Uh, maybe top ten. <laughs> maybe I think the worst one that I can think of in recent memory. Uh, we well, we played one in in uh, in Paris in sort of like a like a squat, but the city turned a blind eye and just let them run this venue. Yeah, but the sound but the sound issues were really brutal. So they had these. You know, storm doors or whatever these these metal corrugated doors that would seal the place in, and there was no air whatsoever, no no moving air whatsoever, and it was just so brutal. You know, Aaron was playing the last quarter of the set with his pants around his ankles. <laughs> um, I was just, you know, I mean, there was no there was no fans, no moving air. There were people like there was a guy crowd surfing with nothing but sneakers and a butt pack on. Ew. It was terrible, and we're like, I'm not gonna make it. I'm gonna die. That one was pretty. <laughs> Bad. Um, yeah, and then a bit more recently, we played Mexico City, and we played a venue that probably held 250, uh, you know, legally. Yeah, <laughs> uh, according to the fire marshal, but uh, they put in an extra 200, so it's 450 and a 250. And I was like, it was upstairs, no windows, no emergency exit, but at least at the bottom of the stairs, there were double wide stairs. At the bottom of the stairs, there was a double wide door that had said emergency exit. I said, yeah. great. And I was going out there to smoke during the day. And then they're like, all right, doors. I'm like, that's great. And they're like, you need to come in. I'm all, well, this is where I'm going to sneak out or whatever throughout the show. And he's like, no, it's got to be locked. And he gets a padlock out and locks <laughs> the only way out. Jeez. I was like, we're going to die. But then, and then that evening, my, my wife and uh, some other friends, uh, John's wife, were there. Um, and we met them at a, at a Mezcal bar. And then we're like, all right, we'll see you at the show. Anyway, they showed up at the show and they walked in about three paces and they said, hey, no, I mean, it was just like <laughs> sardines in there. And we were just sweating so bad. I mean, I was just dry heaving. I had a, I had a puke bucket, Man. which I dry heaved into. Uh, John had a puke bucket behind the drum kit, at which he actually used. It was, it was so oppressive. And then, you know, the, the, the only, the only green room was basically stage left was like a broom closet made out of chain link with a bunch of garbage in it. <laughs> And I was just dry heaving back there. I'm like, and they're like, you doing an encore? I'm like, F you. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> so hopefully next time, if there is a next time, uh, they'll, they'll put us in a slightly bigger. Yeah, it's not. Uh, when hearing stories like that, it doesn't make me wonder too much why there aren't that many ladies at hard rock and metal shows. <laughs> when you well, it's, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, not, it's not built for comfort. I mean, it certainly is a... Uh, yeah. It's definitely not a... It's, it's gross. But, you know, there's plenty of ladies that like gross. Yeah. Right? Oh, oh, there definitely are. Yeah. And there's definitely some that can outgross dudes. But uh, just... Exactly. Is in general there. I mean, especially when you got a bunch of crazy like the dude in France going around naked with his pair of shoes on. Yeah. Yeah, I might I might even avoid that one <laughs> if I came in. Saw that right, guy yeah, exactly. Surfing. Well, I, I'm not sure. I, I would have a hard time putting my hands up there. I'm not sure what I'm gonna get. <laughs> Ew. Well, one of the highlights you guys had definitely was playing the 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 Letterman show, uh, which is you know I would say as a talk show host 
This is definitely the guy I look up to the most. Yes! But I heard you guys talking about the show, and essentially one of the coolest things for you guys was jamming with Paul before the show. Like, I heard he came in prepared and ready to jam with you guys. How was that playing with Paul Schaefer? Oh, so it was so flattering. I mean, I, I couldn't. It was like, what? You showed up? He doesn't usually show up for rehearsal because it's, you know, a crack of, I don't know, I think we loaded it at 4 a.m. or something like that. Jeez. Um, but yeah, he showed up with a, with a, a couple of pages of notes. He he um, written out passages, um, and he, he was seemingly engaged. He asked me about you know like incidental notes between parts and that kind of thing. And I was like, man, I, I mean, the, what I was thinking in my mind was like, ain't nobody gonna notice the passing notes. Just rip it, <laughs> dude. Because so, um, like I said, I mean, he's he played in the Blues Brothers. Yeah, he can, he can handle it. I'm not worried about it. But it was fun. It was like. Well, actually, that's a C flat, and then, you know, <laughs> the first time it's a C flat, the next time it's a C. Sweet. He is, he is, uh, the, if there was, if there was a picture of the cool cat in the encyclopedia, it would be Paul Schaefer. <laughs> For sure. Well, it'd be either him or Dave. Dave's pretty cool. Dave. Dave's kind of grumpy, though, don't you? I mean, he's, oh, no you know, doubt. I mean, that's part, that's part of his charm. Yeah. He's, he is. He's the old curmudgeon. I mean, that's, that's the best part about him, is you knew something was going to go down where he's probably going to disgruntle a guest or not care what the crowd thought or something along those lines. I miss Dave. Yes! Um, all right. I remember I grew up, I grew up watching him when, in the, you know, in the, in the early 90s, I guess, late 80s. And, uh, you know, he had that triple bypass surgery and yeah. he had that you know, heart attack, the scare. Yeah. And I, I, there was a noticeable difference when he used to be so much more of a <laughs> before that operation. <laughs> he had and the- I was like, I liked the really rude Dave, Dave Letterman. Now you're only kind of rude. Yeah, now, well, now <laughs> it's it's passing rude. It was, you know, it, after after the surgery, it was more like he would just say things in passing and then let it go. But Right, yeah. He wasn't, you know, he wasn't trying to destroy madonna near as, as uh <laughs> vengeance you know vehemently as he used to he still had a good time though with richard simmons and that's what counts every time richard simmons mm-hmm. came on it was a party oh yeah that dude's amazing <laughs> he, it was his birthday just like uh, i think it was like a week and a half ago we celebrated it here on the show it was fantastic um, oh nice yeah well we're up to current music now i want to talk about some of this current music and uh before we get to the release you guys just dropped and i mean literally just dropped uh about a year ago you guys put out antidote uh which is uh it's an awesome song and uh i've noticed a lot of people get into your music through your music videos uh they're very popular i mean it's a big big part of what you do and uh i have to say first of all the video for antidote you killed the the game the video game experience like i got i got it exactly like i was feeling the 8-bit 16-bit vibe like there was a very metroid mega man sort of whole vibe and then you guys got brian posein back in the video as the uh as the evil the evil leader of the uh, video game how'd you come up with that uh idea for the uh the music video uh, well, that, that's um, it was the it was the the, uh, the director um, Ansel Wallenfang. He uh, he sort of well, I think we were on tour and our tour manager wasn't on that particular tour, mm-hmm. and he reached out to our tour manager and was like, "I gotta talk to you about this idea." And he's like, "Well, 
you probably should talk to the band about it. You know, and he's like, no, no, I want to talk to you about it. So anyway, they got together. So he, he talked to our tour manager first. Yeah. And then um, and he's like, all right, well, it sounds cool to me. You should talk to the dude. So anyway, I saw the idea on paper and it just sounded really corny and stupid. And I was like, oh, I don't want to do this. But anyway, we got we got together with Ansel um, at, a, at a bar near us and mm-hmm. um, he told us the idea and I mean, I think more, I mean, the concept, you know, he had it really played out. He had, you know, storyboards and everything already illustrated. So it was really easy to see his vision, and, and it was clear that he had one. Yeah. Um, and also, just in the way that he described it, he um, sort of shares our um, sense of humor. Um, yeah. And I, you know, it's like, we're not making fun of heavy metal. We love heavy metal. But, you know, I mean, it's, it's a fine line between, you know, being, like, trying to be a like a metal band and then trying to eschew heavy metal, whatever, you know what I mean? Spinal tap. Yeah. But right. Exactly. You don't, you don't want to, you don't want to, well, in any case, um, he just fit our personalities. And so, um, and it was, he's like, I can do this. And, um, and then, you know, but it was going to be incredible. It's a really ambitious, no one had ever made a game where basically you have to headbang along with the, with the video in order for it to progress. Yeah. Um, and so I was like, that's crazy. Can you really do that? Anyway, um, you can. Uh, <laughs> if you're if you're almost 50 like me, it can make you a little bit nauseous. No but, doubt. <laughs> but anyway, it's a, it's a it's a really cool thing. I didn't I was que- I questioned whether it was going to um, come to fruition, uh, but it did and I'm and I'm real happy with it. Yeah, yeah. So it, it, there's hopefully there's people all over the place with the uh, neck aches. <laughs> Well, uh, like like I said before, a lot of your fans come to the uh, come to your band from the videos, and your first video was was uh, heavily associated with drinking. And I noticed that there was this sort of continuation in all kinds of interviews of people asking you about drinks, about drinking. Do you, did you do you guys ever get tired of that? Like, hey, we we don't drink twenty four hours a day. That's not what we do. <laughs> right? Sure. I mean, I th- I think um, uh, that has been a theme with our videos. Uh, I think because the first video we did was with our buddy Whitey um, <clears throat> McConaughey. He, yeah, he had the concept, and it involved beer cans. Um, yeah. In any case, and so he sort of based these characters loosely around. Like a cartoon version of us, you know. Yeah. Um, and then when he then when he went on and wanted to do more videos, you know, we did the wires video, and then and it just sort of it was like, well, we're going to do these same characters in a different situation. So yeah. We kind of have developed personas in the videos, or at least in Whitey's videos, where we're you know we're we're affable knuckleheads. Yeah. You know, which is which is not to say that it's too far from the reality. Um, just I'd a like little exaggerated. As dumb as the character I play in the videos, but, <laughs> but that's not for me to say. But, uh, but yeah, so so but at, at certain points, well, there was a video we did an uh, um, an animated video, and I feel awful. I can't remember the guy's name who directed it, but it turned out really well. It's for a song called "Crows and Swine." Yeah, and he sent us storyboards for an animated video, and um, in the video, you know, spoiler alert, we're like these, you know, these sort of demigods that are these statues on this mountain anyway were brought to life with various objects um and the initial storyboard was we were given beers and we were powered by beer and we saved the day um but we just wrote back we're like you know what i don't think we can take another 
your reference, <laughs> but let's just not do that. So luckily, you know, he, he, without missing a beat, he came back. He's like, well, what do you, what do you guys like to do? And I was like, well, I like watching TV. So he put me in a lazy boy and I had a super powered remote control, you know, that kind of thing. And I was like, well, that kind of re- probably represents me better than the beer drinking party guy. You know, <laughs> you were like, all right, trade in beer drinking for lazy dude that watches TV. Nice. Exactly. <laughs> Well, uh, today you actually just released a new track, uh, Stereo Nucleosis, uh, and I uh, I would imagine you guys probably have a couple of tracks prepared. Uh, what what made you guys decide to release this track and and sort of this time? Uh, well, you know, um, we have an album that's that's done. Uh, it has been done. It was it was slated to release earlier this year, but mm-hmm. then you know, COVID nineteen happened, and and so it just it's it's super chaotic in the music world right now. Everyone's sort of scrambling. Um, yeah, and the, the current philosophy is you don't release a record unless you can tour to support it. So, yeah. and I understand that. However, um, I also question really everything these days i don't think anyone that i know survived you know the spanish flu uh nope so I, this is this is new territory for everybody yeah um it's going to be a changing landscape so maybe we do release the record but in any case the thing the single was a was a track that we recorded um during the recording of our of the of our latest album yeah so um adult swim approached us and said we you know we'd like to put out a a, a single with you guys um, we're like, well, perfect. We have we have this, um, and we've been meaning to work with uh, Paul Fig um, mixing. So he he came in and mixed it, nice, um, basically for fun, which was very sweet of him. He's an <laughs> incredibly talented um, engineer, yeah, uh, producer. But uh, anyway, so so I'm excited to have something out there. You know, it's sure. like once every year and a half, let's put out a song. <laughs> this is a great. This is a great career path. Might be too ambitious. I don't know. Whoa, a year and a half. Come exactly. on now. Uh, I know. I need. To, I need to have some chamomile tea and chill out. <laughs> That's a fact. Well, so last question, I guess, for the full album, I guess, are you guys? Uh, just sort of waiting to see. Um, well, we, we're we're going to have a conversation. Um, we've been we've been checking in pretty regularly with our manager. I mean, yeah, not a whole lot to report in that um, realm, but she, you know, she's very active um, in the music industry. I guess yeah. uh, anyway. So she kind of has got her ear to the ground as to what trends are happening and what's what's working and what's not as far as record, you know, releasing records and you yeah. know these days. Yeah. Um, so anyway, we so we have a call with her next week, and and we'll discuss it again. I mean, I don't know. Yeah, it's it's terrible, and not, you know, everybody has some part of their life up in the air. That just happens to be ours, and it's a pretty big part. So yeah, for sure. I don't know. We'll see. I wish I I wish I had more uh, definite information for you. Well, I will say, you know, we've had a couple of artists on the show that have released albums uh, since the pandemic started, and uh, they, I mean. You know, and they've they've been all across the board as as far as genre, and uh, you know, some of them I can say have definitely had amazing responses, and then some of them have had pretty horrible responses. So, uh, you know, it's I I I think it is it's a it's a crapshoot sort of all the way around. Um, but uh, but hopefully, hopefully we get some answers soon, and hopefully we get some uh, Red Fang music out there soon too. Uh, yeah, I'm, I mean, I I really want to share that record. I mean, I'm I'm proud of it, and I think that people will like it. 
For sure. <clears throat> For sure. Well, but, you know. Yeah, well, uh, we are up against a break right now, but I want to I wanna thank you for taking the time to, to come on and chat with us today. Oh, no, thanks for having me. Yeah, for sure. Listeners, you can check out everything Red Fang at redfang.net, or you can follow them on Instagram at redfangband. Right now, let's take a listen to that newest single, Stereo Nucleosis, right here on the Doc G Show. <laughs> the Doc G Show, you just heard Red Fang. Boom! From Brian Giles, their guitarist. Fantastic, man. Yes! Fantastic. Yes! Yeah, good, good stuff there, Jake. I don't know. Did you see... I don't think you've seen the episode cover for the podcast yet. I'll, I'll have to show you after we finish the show. Nah, dude. Uh, Dan knocked it out but of the I park. Am, I... Knocked it out of the park on this one. Oh. Did a, did a great job. Dude, he always yes! does. Yeah, he does, doesn't he? 
Weren't you impressed by that yeah, that dude, montage of all of his uh, of all of his uh, illustrations? Yeah, he's been killing it recently. Did you have any favorites when you looked at those? Hmm. Um. Dang. I mean, I'm gonna say I like the one with me in there. But uh, <laughs> he did. A, he did a really good job on Papa J. Bones. So true. He did a nice job. Yeah, man. I was. That was a good job. He really got your tricep defined in there. Dude, thank you, Dan. Yeah. Yeah, he did. Yeah. But we're going to have to... Uh, uh, Red Fang gave us... Uh, Brian gave us a good suggestion there. We're going to have to go out. We're going to have to try Gracie. So true. We're going to have to mark Oregon off of yeah. your states to go to, Jake. And we're going to have to have some Gracie's yeah. pizza because it looks pretty pretty phenomenal. Pretty yeah, phenomenal. Yeah, dude. Hey. I'm going to make you a deal right now. Okay. Sweet. All right. So here's what I've always wanted to do. Okay. So in a couple of years, when I graduate, mm -hmm. we, we are, you, you start planning now. You got two years. Okay. Just go ahead and map out every state, you know, like all these bands have been from and what they recommend to eat. Mm -hmm. And then what we're going to do is we're going to drive. We're going to take three to four weeks. Mm -hmm. And we're going to drive across the country, and we're going to hit every single one of those restaurants. I love it. The best in the state. I love it, Jake. That is we'll, an amazing we'll idea. Do, That's a fact. Yeah, and then we'll do the podcast on the road. Yeah. Amen. Amen. We'll do uh, that. That's uh, the, I like that, Jake, and we're going to make that happen. And uh, if we can, it, mm, I don't know. He won't be out by then. Wait, what? Uh, uh, our, our man... And longtime friend of the show, Jeff L. Hefe May, he sort of did this a couple years back. Jake, he uh, he took a he took basically this huge road trip of uh, America, and he saw like all these. I forget. I, I'd have to go back and, and check the notes. I think he did. I think he did thirty states and Canada in like three weeks. Jeez, just crazy. Just crazy. That's pretty good. But we got we got to hit like we got a ton of places we need to go, Jake. We need to we need to hit up Texas. We need to hit up Oregon. We need to hit up Maine in the other corner. We got to go see. You know, I, I got to give a shout out. I don't I don't give shout outs enough to them. I got to give shout outs to four twenty old fat lesbians in Maine. Shout they out. they kill the game. They're awesome. Yes. They're awesome. Yes. Those ladies. First of all, they always like our stuff on Instagram. So true. Always. If I post something, I can count on them. And that that's true love right there. That's true Doc G love. And I send it right back to them. I will always like the 420 old fat lesbians. Amen. We got to go hang out with them. They're pretty dope people. They're pretty dope people, Jake. Uh, we got to go up Call, to Maine. Count me in. But we got sidetracked. We got really sidetracked there. Yeah, I got yeah. really amped about this yeah. trip, and I forgot what we were talking about. We were talking about Red Fang. They're doing it. They're going to drop some new music. Check out that most recent album we just played, Stereo Nucleosis. But right now, Jake, we need to move on to the most recent addition to the Doc G Show. You know what time it is. Oh, yeah. Shoe and Tell. Boom. Boom. Jordan Shoe and Tell. Part five or six. Part six, Jake. Part no. six. Wow. Oh, man. Let me reach in my bag of tricks. We have the Jordan Ones. Ooh. The OGs, my friend. Yes. Yes. Now, Jordan, uh, these Jordan Ones uh, not only started Jordan's career, 
They also started my collection, Jake. These were the originals that started my Jordan collection. Say what? Yes. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So uh, how long would that... That means you've had them since when? 2007. 2007. These are pristine. 2007 from the Old Love, New Love collection that was released in 2007, Jake. That's right. Now, um... Want to give you a little history real quick, Jake. Uh, Jordan, these were the first shoes, obviously, with Nike. And as the story goes, Nike uh, offered Jordan $500,000 a year to sign with them. Say what? Which, at the time, was five times the amount that Converse and Adidas would offer him. Jeez. Both Converse and Adidas yeah. said they'd only give him 100000 and so, obviously, uh, Jordan went with Nike. But he didn't actually like Nike at that time. He really wanted to sign with Adidas or Converse, but they were just giving him five times less. So he was like, all right, I guess I got to go with I guess I guess got to go with Nike, right? Uh, Jordan's yep. rookie season, there was the uniformity of uniform rule, which meant every player on every team had to match each other, and they had to match their uniforms. And Jordan's uh, original red and black design did not match. So he was fined $5,000 every single game for wearing the shoes. But... I did not... I didn't know that. Yeah, Nike didn't care, though, right? And Jordan didn't care because Nike paid for it. They just picked up the bill for him. So he never paid those, but Nike did, and they didn't care because it helped them sell way more shoes. In fact... This shoe sold $195 million worth in the first year it was out. That's right. Yeah, I remember remember seeing that in the documentary. They said that they were expecting to maybe sell like $3 million worth of Jordans that year. Yeah. And then they sold what you just said. It's crazy. It's crazy. The rest was history. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so uh, now what I've got here, Jake, what I'm rocking today is known as the black toe version. Because it's got a black toe. It's got white, red, and black. Now, this is one of the original color schemes that they had of the shoe. That's why it's the old love part of the old love, new love uh, collection. Now, this is an original, though, because when you look at my shoe, it's actually got three logos on it. It's got the Nike swoosh on the side. Then it's got the Air Jordan logo with the wings, right? And then it's got mm. the Jumpman logo on the back. Mm. Now, the Jumpman logo actually didn't come into play until the third pair of Jordans, originally. Never had that until the third, because that's where Tinker Hatfield came in. And Tinker Hatfield came up yeah. with that Jumpman logo. These are crazy. They were actually designed by a completely different dude. They, uh, they were designed by Peter Moore. That's a fact. Peter Moore was one of the original. He came up with the Nike Dunks back in the day, and he also designed these. Like I said, Ting didn't come into the th- until the third. Now, in case you're wondering, Jake, ESPN ranked the all-time greatest and most important shoes in NBA history. Hmm. This is number two on that list. These are number two. Now, number one, Okay. you'll see later on in this segment. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. In another part of Jordan Chew and Tell, you'll see number one, my friend. Yeah, I'll say it. Yeah. Woo. 
Okay. All right. You ready? It's time for a little birthday suit. Oh, yeah. I got to go three for three. I'm not worried about this one. You've got the third one. Easy peasy. Lemon squeezy. You got okay. it. Okay. You got All it. Right. Um, okay. Let me. I'm, I got I to gotta find it in my outline here. I lost it. Okay. There we go. Okay. Uh, I got I got you 98% on this one. Hmm. Okay. Born on August 2nd, 1995. 1995 in Latvia. Our birthday suit wear followed in the steps of his uh, relatives, immediately taking to basketball. By the age of 15, he was 6'8", and he joined a professional team in Sevilla, Spain. In 2015, he entered the NBA draft and was picked number four by the New York Knicks. In 2000... Porzingis. Yes. Chris Stapps. Chris Stapps Porzingis. Woo! Turning the big 2-5. I just remember whenever he got drafted, that one fan that was going nuts. Yeah. Because he was so upset that they picked him. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, I mean... Chris Stapps, he's came a long way, you know. Uh, now that he's on the Mavs, man, it's crazy. He's one of those. Go, go back and you look at his very first games in the NBA, and then look at his games from the start of this season. It's a completely different dude as far as body build. Like that's a fact. He has put on a good amount of muscle. Now they were talking actually last oh, night yeah. in the game. They said he's lost some weight since this restart. But he's still way more jacked than he used to be. I think him and uh, Giannis, those are the two guys that you're just like, wow, those guys completely changed their body. And, you know, when you're 7'2 and 6'11, that's pretty hard to do. You got a big old frame mm -hmm. to add some muscle to. That's crazy. Yeah. And it's crazy that he's only been injured as much as he has. You would think a guy that's that mobile and that tall be just constantly injured. Which I mean, he's got his, yeah. you know, he's got his Nixon bangs. I made but, your knee. Yeah, but yeah, but he's he's doing it, man. He's doing it. Turn the big two five, man. Quarter of a century for the for the unicorn. Yes! Give it up, unicorn, man. Happy birthday. Okay, Jake. I uh, got to tell you about the shows. We've got two great shows coming up after this one. We got Blackwater Fever. I'm very excited about Blackwater Fever, and it's the Blackwater Fever. Make sure you do that for two reasons. You want to put the the there, uh, one, so you don't get the disease. Because if you just put Blackwater Fever into a search, you'll get the actual disease, which is an ailment that can come from malaria. Ew. And it's disgusting. And you'll see a bunch of pictures of it, and you'll be like, wow, that's gross. That's right. So make sure you put the in front of it. Second reason you want to put the in front of it is because there's a couple of lesser-known bands from the UK that are also Blackwater Fever. So the Blackwater Fever. They're going to be our first Australian guest ever on the Doc G Show. Yeah. Sweet. Yeah. Calling from the land down under, Jake. How you feel about that? Mm. Uh, what's the time difference between us and Australia? Well, it depends on, like, uh, which way you go, you know? Um, uh, from here to Brisbane, it's 10, uh, 10 hours one way, 14 the other. So, you know, so you, you technically look at it as uh, as 14 hours ahead. 
because you go 14 hours ahead. So they, uh, uh-huh. yeah. So you know, right uh, uh, at seven o'clock on a Wednesday, it would be nine o'clock on a Thursday there in the morning. Jeez. Dang. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's crazy, right? I'll leave that up to you. Yeah. To to schedule that one. Don't worry. Already uh, already did, my friend. Already did. Yes. I'm not the best with time zones, but we got it done. We got it done, my friend. So they're coming on. We've also got Steepwater Band. Very excited to talk to these guys. Good band right here, playing some solid blues rock. Can't wait to talk to both of them. But until then. We gotta wrap it up for now, Jake. Gotta gotta go ahead and stick a pin in this one. I've been your host, Doc G. With me as always, the dude that always has a couch available. Yes! Jake, Papa J Bones, parlor. That's right. Not keep her sleazy. Mmm. Until next week. Zip it up and zip it out. Oh.